The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about forgiveness. No, 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 wait, wait, before you turn away, this will be good for you. Trust me. So my wife and I were having a conversation and I brought up the name of someone that I hadn't talked about in a long time. And immediately I said something really irritable and judgy about them. And then I justified what I said. Well, I didn't feel very good about it, and I went to spend some time with God, and immediately God told me, you need to forgive that person. We're going to talk about the power of forgiveness on today's show. Please join me. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch. We are broadcasting from the beautiful Puget Sound region where it has been rainy and dark for the last 10 months, maybe. That might be an exaggeration, but uh, boy, boy, is it fun when you wake up and you're like, really? It's dark already? What time is it? But anyway... Uh, we're going to bring the light of Christ into our conversations. On today's show, we're going to talk about forgiveness. And here's the good news about a show like this. Uh, you know, if you are frustrated with what I talk about, like if you don't think it's a good show, well, you got to forgive me because, you know, this show's about forgiveness. Uh, but nonetheless, we're talking about forgiveness today. And uh, I'm bringing this to you because just, uh, I think it was about a week or so ago, I had a conversation where uh, the Lord just convicted me. And uh, it, was, it was such a strong conviction that immediately I went and preached on it in our church, and it had nothing to do with what our church is doing right now. It just felt right. And so I want to bring it to you as well. Uh, here's the number you can text our show for any purpose. Why, well, I guess I guess any purpose. doesn't mean I'll respond to that. I mean, you could text me your grocery list, uh, but I'm not going to do anything with that. But you can text if you've been listening to the show, uh, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. I promise not to put you on a phone list because I'm not organized. I just You just text me and I'm like, hey, that's cool. You've been listening. It's fun to know if you've been listening through the radio or through podcast, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. You can also go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate to keep the show on the air. I was going to go off in January. I think I have enough money for February, so I'm just taking it a month at a time. I told the station if they'll have me, I'll be on for another month. Uh, so that's uh, what I'm doing. So if you want to donate to this great uh, experiment in radio, go to fairlyspiritual.org, click on the donate button, and figure out how to do that. Uh, and then also you can find past podcasts and how to pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Uh, just a quick update. Uh, so this uh, this Sunday is our last Sunday in our current building. Uh, we'll leave there. It'll be torn down to make room for a public school. We knew about this. It's you know nothing wrong with what the schools are doing. They told us that when they allowed us to rent this building. But uh, now we are moving into the wilderness, into the great unknown, and we'll be meeting at the Junior Achievement Building in. Uh, Auburn, if you know where that is, on Sundays at 10 in the morning. And in the next few weeks, it's just going to be us gathering around. We don't have anything set up. We're just 
We're just going to show up and figure out what we're doing and build this thing back up from scratch. And so it really is a restarting, a rebirth of our church. So you can pray for us on that. It has been a very, very exciting but stressful time. I should also be turning in my manuscript for the book that I hopefully will come out this year on social media and reconciliation. So all that's happening, wrestling with God, arguing about everything with God and how does God speak and how does he lead us, but we're taking those next steps of faith. I know you are doing that as well. So I want to talk about forgiveness, and and this is what basically brought up this topic. Uh, My wife and I were having a conversation, and uh, a person a long time ago, it's been a while, attended our church, um, just had a conversation about what was going on in this person's life, and my response was pretty negative. Now, at the time, I didn't think it was negative. I just thought it was right. You know, I'm just saying things how they are and what what's going on and, you know, justifiable. Maybe justifiable is the right word. And I'm just giving these justifiable responses, uh, but but irritable, you know, and, and I, I'm sure my wife is incredibly gracious, but, you know, it's kind of that thing where she's just not feeding my justifiable irritableness. You know, she's just like, okay, whatever's going on with him, um, you know, that's between him and God. But, but I say my justifiable quote-unquote stuff, and then we move on. And it's not big, you know, I'm not calling down, you know, fire and brimstone on someone. I'm just saying these things that I think are true. Like, they're, you know, well, you know, this person did this and that, and, you know, well, that's the consequences of their life and blah, 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 you know, just those things. Uh, but after that, uh, my wife leaves the room to go do something, and immediately, just immediately, I sense God say, you need to forgive this person. Just immediately. It was, it was so clear. And, and my first response was like, well, no, I don't. Like, you know, God, maybe you weren't listening. You know, maybe you don't know what's going on. Maybe you haven't paid attention to this relationship. I'm just telling the truth. You know, I'm, I don't have anything against this person. I'm fine. But immediately I knew that I needed to forgive this person. Well, I didn't want to forgive them. And I didn't think I needed to forgive them. So I did what any good pastor would do. It's like, well, maybe I'll go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. And here's a spoiler alert. The Bible has nothing to say about forgiveness. No, that's not true. The Bible is full of really clear things about forgiveness. So I searched uh, forgive in the Bible and began to do a word study on forgiveness. And uh, I'm just going to read some of the scriptures that I began to meditate upon. But one of the things that I noticed before I get into that is forgiveness is often used in a context of a debt being repaid. Uh, The concept of that we don't forgive someone or we don't, and, and forgiveness in this sense is we treat someone differently. They sin against us, right? They do something wrong. And because they've sinned against us, and you can think of the most mundane sin to really extreme sins. And in fact, for some of you, when, when people talk about forgiveness, sometimes we think about just the worst case scenario, the worst thing that ever happened to us. Maybe you should put that aside right now and just think about in general, just in general when people sin against us. But what happens is when someone does something wrong to us, uh, sins against us, uh, that breaks relationship, right? And so what we do is like, you've done something that has made it so I can't uh, treat you the same way or I can't trust you, or I can't respond to you the same way, or I can't love you the same way. And so we desire that they would pay a debt, that they must do something to make it right. 
You know, you need to apologize to make this right. You need to make me feel better. You need to recognize what you've done. You need to do something differently. There's some sort of debt that we want them to pay in order to make things right. And then when they've done enough to make things right, to pay their debt, then we say, okay, I'll restore relationship. Things will go back to how they were before. I will love you the way I loved you before. I will treat you the way I treated you before. So in some ways, that's how forgiveness is expressed. That's not the only expression of forgiveness, but that is a way that we often look at forgiveness. So in light of that, let's look at uh, some scriptures that talk about forgiveness in those terms. Here's one in Matthew 6, 11. This is in the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to go in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if that's sacrilegious to start in the middle, but I'm doing it. This is Jesus telling us, you know, how we should pray. And he says uh, in 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And this is more than finances here, because you see the context later. He says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So it's tied there that we forgive people of their debts. We forgive them of their transgressions. We don't make them pay a price. Like, like you have to do these certain things in order to make things right. And why, why ultimately do we not forgive people? Well, because there's some sins where there's nothing that person can do to make it right, right? It's like you've betrayed things too much. You've done too much. Or, you know, well, you've just, you've done this too many times and you said you wouldn't do it and you did it again and I can't trust you. And because of that, I'm just never going to forgive you. I'm just never going to absolve you of that debt. I will always hold that debt against you, right? So if someone were to ask us, you know, why, why are you so angry towards that person? Or why don't you treat that person uh, the same way you used to? Or why don't you love them like you used to? And you're basically saying, well, they have not repaid their debt or they're unable to repay their debt. Now, this is different than trust. Like, you can forgive someone but still not trust them, that they could still harm you again, and so you don't want to put yourself in a position where they'll sin against you or harm you again. But this is a concept of, no, I am not going to forgive until this person does something to make things right. Or I cannot forgive this person because they can never do something to make things right. So here's another version of that later on in Matthew. Matthew 18, verse 21, Then Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? I love that Peter's like, that's a lot, right? Up to seven times? You know, he raised his voice. That, you know, that seems pretty good. I mean, you can forgive someone seven times, and, then, and seven times is kind of like a, that's a good, perfect spiritual number, right? And uh, Jesus looks at Peter and says, I, you don't understand the grace of God. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you. So Jesus is saying, if you preach this to anyone, that up to seven times thing, that's not something I taught you. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Which is basically just a complete number of just you forgive, and you forgive, and you forgive, and you forgive, and you forgive. I could keep going, but they didn't have calculators then, but it wasn't just you do the math. What's seven times 70? You know, it was just completely. You forgive continually, 
and completely. And Jesus goes on to explain why we do this. He says, for the reason, for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owned him 10,000 talents was brought to him. So that's a lot. He owns 10,000 talents. But since he did not have the means to repay, the Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. So basically his entire life and everything he had was really not enough to pay the debt, but he would have to have given all of his life in order to repay the debt. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. So his desire was to repay, but he's like, I'm going to have to give the rest of my life to do this. And it says, And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. So he didn't say, Okay, spend the rest of your life paying this debt off. He says, No, I see your heart that you don't want this debt. I'm going to completely absolve you of that debt. It says, but the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, They were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you, if each of you does not forgive his brother from his own heart. That's a pretty powerful scripture. It's such a powerful scripture that I don't want to take away its force by trying to explain away anything. Even that last part where it says he to send him to the torturer and throw him in jail until he's paid everything. I want to focus in on this principle here that's pretty clear. The principle is that that God, rich in mercy and grace, has forgiven us of a debt that we could never repay. And because he's forgiven us of a debt we could never repay, we have no right to hold a debt against anyone. Now, here's the real radical news in this. And I'm just, here's the drum roll. Here's the, the revelation that just hit me. Jesus is telling this to Peter before he goes to the cross. So Jesus is saying, This is how you stand right now. This is what the grace of God is like right now, before the cross. Now, now think about this. If you were to preach on this, you'd say, why do we forgive others? Well, Christ forgave us by going to the cross and dying for our sins. But this is to me where we have an anti-Semitic view of the Old Testament versus the New Testament. We have this idea that the Old Testament is laws and rules and regulations. The New Testament is grace. That's not how the Bible portrays God. God is gracious in the Old Testament, and there is greater grace in the New Testament. But Jesus is saying, you know, all of us here, all of you right now, are standing and living and breathing because of God's grace. If God were to judge you for the sins that you have committed, you all would be dead right now. The fact that you exist, the fact that 
that people exist on this earth, the fact that the nation of Israel exists on this earth, the fact that anyone exists right now, Jesus is saying, you exist because of God's grace. The temple, the sacrifices that were given on a regular basis, those sacrifices weren't like, well, now we're all clean now, now all our accounts are paid for. Those were symbols of the fact that that they lived and breathed and existed because of God's grace, that although every one of us deserves death, that none of us could repay our debt, that God has overlooked our sin and extended us grace. But also, the temple and, and, and those rituals were also a sign that someday there was going to come justice to our sins, but, but we could not bring justice to our sins, that we could never repay that debt. We could never do enough to repay the debt. And so Jesus looks at Peter, and this is before the cross again, and says that you, you could never repay the debt that God has forgiven in you right now. And so if someone asks for forgiveness, it's seven times 70. Now, now once Christ goes to the cross and dies completely for every sin, brings justice to every sin, brings punishment to every sin, pays every debt, what number is that now, 7 times 70? What, what exponential reality is the forgiveness that God requires of us? It's greater. So this teaching that we see is so radical is multiplied exponentially once the cross of Christ is executed upon earth. This is such a powerful teaching. See, Jesus is saying, the sign that you've accepted the will of the Father is you do the will of the Father. The sign that you know that you are a child of God is you do God's business. And if you reject God's business, then you're rejecting God's kingdom, and you're rejecting your sonship or your daughtership. You're rejecting it. You're, if, if you, how, how did we get brought into the family of God? How do, we, how do we become expressions of the family of God? Well, he forgave our debts, and he brings us in, and he works through us, and he extends his kingdom through us. And if we say, no, no, I'm just going to you know, receive the benefits of the kingdom, but nothing's going to flow through me, then we have not received the kingdom. To receive the kingdom is to be an expression of the kingdom. So to, to receive the forgiveness of God is to extend the forgiveness of God to others. If we do not extend the forgiveness of God to others, we are not receiving the forgiveness of God for ourselves. We don't understand the forgiveness that we stand in. Now, if you look at relationships and your relationships or any relationship, they become toxic when we begin to hold our store-up debts. And this happens in, in marriages because over time, you begin to notice things about people, right? People begin to do the same things. Your spouse begins to do the same stuff. Uh, you begin to do the same stuff. You know, how could you do that again? And how many times have I told you this? And you know, I'm just tired of him doing this. I'm just tired of her doing this. I just, you know, she should know better. He should know better. We begin to store up debts. And what does happen is those debts become so great that the other person cannot repay them. We say, there's nothing you can do to make this better because, because you've just, you've sinned against me too many times. You've, you've failed me too many times. You've been insensitive too many times. You've, you've not expressed love too many times. You know, you've forgotten too many anniversaries. You've, forgot, you've forgotten to show me love too many times. What, whatever the issue is, there's a debt that they build up and you look at them and you say, 
the debt is too great for you to pay. There's nothing you can say or do to repay that debt, and because of that, I no longer can love you the way I once loved you. That is how we stood before God when God chose to love us anyway, to pay our debts. That's the grace in which we stand, and that's how the kingdom of God advances. We stand before God as one who repeatedly denies Christ. We stand before God as people who repeatedly do not do what we said we'd do. We stand before God as people who repeatedly sin against God in our spirit, in our actions, in our words, and in our deeds, and God extends to us a grace that pays our debts continually. And because he pays our debts, we allow that gospel to pay the debts of others. We forgive not just seven times, but 70 times. This is one of the reasons animosities occur as your kids grow up. It's not just that they become teenagers and, you know, more rebellious or whatever, but debts grow up. It's like, well, I'm just tired of you doing this and you can't do this. And if you do that one more time, you're out of here. And if you do that one more time, we're no longer going to love you. And if you do that one more time and we build up these debts and those debts stop us from loving them, it's why uh, we stop loving our parents. I'm just sick of my parents treating me this way. I'm just sick of, you know, if I go to one more Thanksgiving and they do that, if I just go to one more this and they do that. And so we build up these walls of hostility and we build up these debts and these debts make us, are these debts we use as justifications to no longer love. But ultimately, it's an issue of forgiveness. Our lack of forgiveness sends us to isolation, and so much of our isolation really is an expression of our unwillingness to forgive, because if you go back into that situation, you're going to be confronted with debts that people cannot pay. You're going to be sinned against in ways where you realize there's nothing this person can do to make this right. I must forgive anyway. There's nothing, there's no history, there's no present or future that will ever overcome the debt this person must pay me. I must forgive anyway. And because we don't want to deal with that reality, we just cut ourselves off from the people People entrusted to our care. We cut ourselves off from a spouse. We cut ourselves off from our children. We cut ourselves off from our parents. We cut ourselves off from friends. We cut ourselves off from family. We cut ourselves off from churches, from spiritual leaders and mentors. We cut ourselves off from anyone that we realize that they can no longer pay the debt that we think they need to pay in order for us to be okay. That's not how the kingdom advances. Jesus looks at Peter, and this is before the cross, and he says this, you have had a debt that was deserving of your life, and God repaid it completely. And a sign that you understand that is you forgive those around you seven times 70 times. Now we know through the cross something greater happened. Through the cross, Jesus repaid a debt where the children of Israel said, if we do not follow every one of your rules and your laws and your regulations, if we don't follow your covenant, if we don't follow your words, may we be struck dead. And they, they, they entered into a blood covenant where blood was sprinkled upon them to say, basically, God, we will serve you, we will follow you, but if we don't, may we be struck dead. And God took us at our words and said, yes, I know you said, may I be struck dead if I do not follow you. And so I'm going to take you at your word, but I love you so much, you're not going to pay the price for your own rebellion. You're not going to pay the price for your own lies. I will take your death. I will take your place. So that in Matthew 26, 28, Jesus can say, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So that through the cross, our strongest proclamation of our righteousness 
and our strongest failing to achieve that righteousness has been covered and paid for by Christ. Every debt has been paid for by Christ. Our lives are hidden in Christ. We forgive because we've been forgiven much. I ask you right now, are there people you've been refusing to forgive? Are you living a life that extends the kingdom through the forgiveness of God? Or are you withholding the forgiveness of God? And are you trying to make people pay debts when God forgave you of every debt? What are you doing? Can you see the warning? If we refuse to forgive others, we cut ourselves off from the kingdom of God. Forgive. 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 It is the gift of the gospel. Amen. Thanks for listening. Here's the number to text if you want. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. And I'd love it if you'd support the show to keep us on the air. You go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. Be an expression of the grace and goodness of our reconciling God. He desires to extend his goodness through you. Forgive 70 times 7 and even more. I'll see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.